Hey everybody, welcome back to College Conversations. Uh, we've been at the uh, ABHE, which is the Association for Biblical Higher Education Conference. This is their 76th uh, conference, and we're here in Orlando hanging out and brought close to 20 people uh, to be able to, you know, do this this work that God's put in front of us with other people, you know, like... Because uh, the ABHE is our accrediting association. That's right, right? yeah. And there are over a hundred different institutions that are here right now represented. Yeah. Yeah. Right. From all over the United yeah, States. They have 160 all... colleges in their network and then over a hundred here in wow. Orlando uh, now. So it's a lot of time of connecting with other schools and people that are in similarly situated you know, mm-hmm. environments. And it's a chance also to say like, you know, here's some of the things that we're doing. You kind of hear, at least for me, I hear everything. It's like, okay, that's something that we could do. Or I feel like we're doing pretty good with that when it gives you a chance to rejoice for all the wonderful things that, that God's doing, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a good time here at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like literally at the end of it, right. Yeah. Right, right after yeah. this, there is the last dinner they call the celebration banquet. And, um, t- they always have like a special guest artist. Yeah. And tonight is Michael card. And I was teasing some of the people <laughs> on our team. Cause I was like, who's her Michael card. I like Michael card. So you're yeah. a fan. I am a fan. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, and I don't know him, you know, I, I'm just working off of my own impressions as a kid. But when I was a kid, I was like, oh, he's old. So I didn't listen to him even as a kid, but then he's still old and still making it happen. <laughs> he does look very similar, maybe a little more full beard and, and gray, but I'm excited to hear him because now yeah. someone told me today like he's it. like a really good storyteller yeah so that made me more excited oh. yeah. he has yeah. some good narrative songs oh, okay like gotcha. about like his difficult relationship with his father some really heartbreaking actually like stories but like intertwined with faith and his working through it so that's nice i think it's so he's powerful. a legit songwriter yeah, yeah he's yeah. artist mm-hmm. that's awesome well I'm, I'm excited for that yeah i'm excited but i mean that's really i mean dr dearborn this morning that's what he said tonight was going to be food fellowship Michael Card, right? So there we go. Here we so go. That, that's that's yeah. where we're at. And um, who was it last year? Was it uh, Stephen Curtis? Oh, yeah, Stephen Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I had some tears in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. That, was good. that was just that was like an emotional roller coaster. Just him and his acoustic guitar. That was yep. it. Yeah, and he made it happen. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. But we are at the end of all of the little breakouts and seminars, yeah. and um, I, I guess I want us to talk about the experience. But you know, we're academics, and as academics, we know how to take a critical approach um, without being mean, even though sometimes when people listen to folks take a critical approach to some, something or someone, uh, they can kind of by default think that something bad is happening depending on the culture they come out of. Right. But it's it's not our intent to um, be negative mm-hmm. or to criticize. It's, it's our desire to share our experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are, there is room for a diversity of experiences and just because we're going to be sharing our experiences and our thoughts on things doesn't mean we are the definitive commentators on what's happening here at the conference. And I think all of us could agree that when it comes to our experience here, it's always so good. We're already ready to come back next year. In fact, I met with Dave Metters, who is the vice president of the ABHE today on several occasions, just talking about all the arrangements we're making to come back and and be a part of the annual conference because yeah. we love being a part of the Bible school movement. Yeah, it's an, it's and an and so we, we love the ABHE. We love all of our associate schools, and um, but at the same time, we should be uh, evaluating what it is that we we go through and experience. Right. So I think right now in in the conversation, it'd be great just to hear from you guys. Uh, and again, you can come from one way or the other. Whether you want to take a 
a critical approach to some of the things that are presented, or you would like to highlight something that would be like a takeaway yeah. that you think was beneficial, or or maybe you want to to comment on a tributary of thought that sh- mm-hmm. that came off of the stream of consciousness in one of your seminars. Right. Th- th- this is our time, and this is going to be our our, our wrap up session episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Anybody have any place they want to start? I think uh, maybe something that's come up from several of us has been, you know, is is higher ed about getting a degree and getting it fast or this discipleship process. And I, for me, I was in a lot of enrollment. You said sessions. getting a degree. Yeah, getting a degree and getting First it fast. First of all, you said getting in the green. I was like, are we golfing? <laughs> get, or, yes. Are we Jason won the golf bag earlier. Okay. Um, so you're saying a getting a degree and getting it fast yeah. because of a big... I, I don't know, it's come up several times in my sessions, is dual enrollment and the number of credits that you can get even prior to graduating high school. And um, one college said we have an early college and they can start at 15. And I was like, oh, they called wow. it early college? They called it early college. Uh, and they can start at 15 and they can do all these at the same time as high school and just zoom through. Oh, and wow. I think that's really not been... Our approach. Our approach so when do they finish? When do they finish? I don't know. I have to ask more questions. I would imagine, you know, the concept of early college is is not new. The and we know this just from our our missionary adventures around the yeah. world, and, and yeah. the fact that most of them were started by colonialism, yeah. and so their systems came from that. And in the British system and in most European systems, right? You 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 finish high school after 10th grade right, yeah. and then you enter into college before you hit, head to university. Right. So, um, we, we India works yeah. just like yeah, that. Uganda. Kenya, Uganda, you know, any place that was colonialized. Yeah. So it's like, um, these are not new systems, but for us in the United States, we're, we're, um, you know how we are. We, we, we have to relabel them with our labels. Right. Figure it out. But, so I think, you know, people have been saying that's a selling point. Like they can start this early and you get them in young. And I, I think to me, it doesn't sound that appetizing because I'm like, I feel like they're barely ready when they do come. And um, I thought you have had some interesting thoughts about and something we even we tell our students is like Jesus didn't launch his ministry until we're, he's 30. So, you know, a, a lot of times we're telling our students like it's OK to be where you're at right now. You don't I mean the amount of pressure these kids feel. Yeah. Right? They're they're already statistically the most stressed out group of kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And their number one stressors come from their experience at school. Yeah. yeah. So to put onto them curricula that was designed for people in their early twenties mm-hmm. and to throw that on them at 15, 16, 17, like even just the content, yeah. right? Like like some of the stuff that we have to cover in a collegiate environment may um, be something that someone that young just shouldn't even see yet. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. part of the Jewish tradition, right? Yeah. It's like there's some parts of scripture that we're going to wait on right. yeah. a little bit because it's not – you're not ready yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and it's but – if, but if you are just looking at the – bottom lines as it were we need to increase enrollment we need to increase revenues we need to get um creative about how it is that we do that uh we're anticipating a demographic drop-off we need to expand who it is we could reach of course you're going to go you're, you're going to expand the the x access right you're going to go like instead of just looking at 18 to 24s you're going to go 15 to 44s mm-hmm. or, or or whatever right. you because in that way, you're 
it's a bigger pool to, mm -hmm. to grab the, the fish from, but, it, but is it beneficial? What are your guys' thoughts? Is it, is it beneficial? Let, let's not speak on behalf of our institutions. Let's talk about the kid. Yeah. Is it beneficial for the student? What are your guys' thoughts? I think on some level, I do like that it allows for some diversity based upon the kid. Um, that there there might be some kids. like like a Doogie Howser kind right. of kid. Yeah, that's like... yeah. Maybe there are some like the. <laughs> but isn't the whole TV show about Doogie Howser is like how he's in over his head the whole time because yeah. he's too little for this? And he's trying to yeah, journal yeah, about yeah. it and figure out life at the end of the show. And I'm not talking about just like the, the crazy <laughs> exceptional kids. I'm saying that there maybe because people have had a stronger background, academic or familial support, it might put them in a place where they can start something sooner than maybe in other kids. But I don't ever hear it go towards let's push things off for further. I know we were talking about in our last episode with Josh mm, Beers. That would be a little yeah. slow down, but most of the conversations only go towards younger. So I don't mind that they go to younger if it's balanced by sometimes saying, but yeah, let's think about other kids who might need some more time and how can we discern those things to allow so some... So you're, you're saying that it doesn't bother you if it's narrowly tailored to a specific demographic that could handle it, but right. I mean, are people the implementing genius demographic? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, are, are people putting in safeguards, yeah. or or are they I just like, yeah. yeah? And and are the bar? What's how high is the bar? I yeah. think they're not like even dual enrollment used to be, you know, more localized experience where if you had in proximity a school that could go to the local community college or something and get your GEs done, but now it's like everything's yeah, online. Real, real, so you can do whatever yeah, yeah. you want as much as you want. And then even some state funding is available. Like, well, I got to maximize these funds. I only have this many years to use them. Right. So, I don't want to go into debt. So, right, My community right. college offers dual yeah. enrollment. Right. I'm going to get the, the government to sponsor that. Mm -hmm. And then I can go transfer to my school of choice. Well, and, and increasingly, yeah. you know, colleges have put in more high school curriculum over the last, you know, years. So if, if kids had a place where if they went to a high school, like we did that, you know, we don't want them to come and do GE courses that maybe they've legitimately did, <laughs> you know, during high school, if there are those situations, but yeah, a lot I of times we're program. I think Sean's been trying to talk for 30 right. minutes. You go, but he's too slow. He's too, too slow. slow. Get it, man. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the, uh, the creation of the, these sort of like early enrollment things, I don't think the motivation is particularly for, uh, like tailoring it to the kid. It seems like kids, like one thing they've talked about in this conference a lot is that kids have a very like low view of the return on investment that schools, mm -hmm. especially higher education schools provide. So if you have a product, uh, and you want to sell it, you can either at a certain price line, you can either increase uh, the quality of the product or you can lower the price. And right. I feel like this is more about lowering the price, which I think is a because a school can like offload all its GE teachers. Right. And, 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 kinds of or just and lowering the price and lowering their own their investment, their time. You know, right. they have to invest less time and they mm -hmm. get the same thing so i think that's sort of like the so like i can do that that's yeah. what i kind of communicate though like like from from the student's point of view like i hate school i want to get out of yeah. it as soon yeah as and like, i think that's prison, well, i think that's the and i've got to get out of here yeah. i think it plays into their misapprehension of yeah. what education can be so they're it's just like we know school's terrible but you have to have it for these certain opportunities so right we're going to make it as easy as possible yeah instead of actually creating a product right an education that they 
can't get enough of. Right. They right. really want. Yeah. That. And I think that's something we've seen at the Institute where I mean, people are dipping their toes, but then they learn that the Bible has this uh, wealth of engaging material and they want more of it. And then, yeah. you yeah. know, and now you're still taking classes and still want more and more of it yeah. rather than less and less. And I think that's mm -hmm. where you want students to be. Yeah. Right. That's good. Mm -hmm. John, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was just thinking that, you know, we, we try to fast track everything for them. And the effort is, is often just to get a job because they feel that pressure to get out there and get a job. Or like even those kids that maybe they do well academically and they can get the credits at the community college or whatever, and they can rack up those things. And so now they're in their, their school and they have two years left and they can get done. But what about those other things that need developed in a person? that they bypass in those scenarios, like their emotional development, like their social dynamics and all those type of things. And it just becomes about credits to get to the end point. Yeah, because you 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 have essentially eliminated a, a a period of time that is gosh, I think for any of us when we think back on 18 to 23 years yeah. old, like where like the the independence yeah, that we all of a sudden get and our mismanagement of it initially, and then the need for us to develop new relationships out of the ones that were perhaps most similar to our base culture that we came up mm -hmm. with. Like, there's a lot to learn. Yeah. And if you, if you cut that time in half and um, you now all of a sudden expect this, this kid to, to really like excel at adulting yeah. when you literally took their time as independence because college traditionally has become that transitional right. time yeah, between that, you know when you're in your parents period. house and yeah, yeah right. when when you're out there on right. your own so to speak but yeah, the, yeah. those are I mean, you get through quick and get a job but then you get into the workforce and you don't have those soft skills or those other aspects of life you don't know how to engage or like you what know, we talked about today a sense of identity a sense of identity right. like tied to calling right and so you're still searching yeah right? still so searching still looking yeah and then your uh your sort of like set of mechanisms for dealing with life are have been sort of uh cooked up in this environment that is sort of fake because you're just like putting all of this energy into maybe like an online course or these other sort of environments that don't really simulate the real life and so right. when those circumstances change like jesus talks about the wind and the water come your foundation that you built maybe during nicer times when you weren't considering those variables yeah. is not going to withstand uh, what life is going to thro inevitably throw at a person. Yeah. yeah so I think it's a, kind of what we touched yeah. on in the last episode. Right. Like, like are, are we contributing to the development of a, of a weak generation right. that is, is just yeah. incapable of handling what, generations before them mm -hmm. were because of the situation we're creating for them yeah mm -hmm. yeah I, I think for me changing topics here a little bit yeah, um, one of the things i've been thinking about there the abhe which are like we said our accrediting agency they're in the midst of a 10-year revision of their standards so you know they're saying like when when schools do this they have certain number of things that you have to have to be an accredited institution so we're in the 10-year cycle i was on a focus group um this past couple months and working through some things with other schools where they met again today. But I think one of the things that is continues to come out is like in these standards, it really does try to show like, what is the heart of a Bible school? Like what is like, yeah, we want to do education. Great. There's a lot of administration stuff, but 
what is the thing that a Bible school has to be about? So the question that I'm, maybe I'll pose to you guys <laughs> is, what what is the difference, would you guys say, between a Bible school uh, in ABHE, which requires, you know, the minimum requirement for Bible is 30 units, and a Christian liberal arts school that might require some less units but still has Bible requirements? You know, what is the heart of a Bible school? <laughs> I don't know if I can speak on behalf of any other institutions, but you would imagine. Yeah, let's imagine. <laughs> that if you're going to call yourself a Bible school, the Bible has to be at the, at center, the, center, the center of yeah, the, the curriculum focus, yeah. Yeah, in total, right? And you you kind of have to reflect that in units. Yeah, mm -hmm. you do. Right? So if a, if a degree is around 120 units and the minimum requirement is 30, so we're, we're looking at 25% of your time spent is focused on the Bible. Mm -hmm. And to me, the, the question is like, for it would seem for pragmatic purposes, and let me set up the question, for pragmatic purposes, because we believe that the undergraduate education is preparing someone for the workforce. Mm -hmm. We have to give them courses that create the competency mm -hmm. in that specific what we would call major right. right so that they can now attend to a job right and how are we going to do that with 120 units right and successfully prepare them for the workforce oh wait we also need to teach them the bible yeah mm -hmm. well we're and this is the the dilemma that christian liberal arts school in, right like yeah the, mm -hmm. Bible Institute of Los Angeles or mm -hmm. Biola. Right, right. That's that's a thing. Their, their nursing majors are taking like five and a half years, almost six years to graduate. And it's because they have that value of being a Bible Institute. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're at 30 units, but they're a Christian liberal arts school. Mm -hmm. I, I think. And, I think, yeah. And, um, and, and it's not because I went to Azusa Pacific that I'm like, <laughs> if you guys don't know this, they're like, right. right, yeah. right. But um. <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's like they're the board, the trustees are having to consider: mm -hmm. Do we allow for that Bible load to be reduced, even though it's been our value mm -hmm. that it's there, so that our students okay. can get out of school in a more reasonable amount yeah. of time? Mm -hmm. Which that's one way to frame it. Right. That's mm -hmm. one way to frame the question, right? Yeah. Where another way to, to frame it is: um, Are are we needing to? be the institutions that prepare kids for the workforce in terms of these kinds of jobs and professions they're going to do, or do we need to be the institutions that are teaching mm -hmm. them their, the, the va their values and identity right. Right. Yeah. in right. Christ and that trying to do both at the same time is an incredible challenge. Because yeah. yeah. one of the ways that schools tend to try to relieve the tension is to say, well, we'll just integrate the Bible into all of these other courses like our biology course and yeah. our, you know, these things, which is great, but you can only integrate the faith that the students have access to, to be able to understand. And since they have such a, uh, maybe a shallow foundation the the amount of Bible they can actually bring in that the students are going to connect with is so low. You end up getting a pretty like diluted yeah. integration. Of yeah, because I mean most most evangelical schools. What, what are we talking here in terms of Bible classes? Romans, Galatians. Maybe John. That's going to get in there. Maybe a gospel. I feel like an I'll OT talk survey. An OT survey. Romans. Yeah. An, yeah. an NT survey. Yeah. Sometimes Revelation. Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Solid. Nice. So so yeah. So you're. 
this now this becomes the um context within which they can pull from for all the other classes but gosh what what do those what are those books going to say about medical procedures or or it it's it it is a a challenging Mm -hmm. um thing to tackle and i don't i don't even know if a lot of people are thinking about it anymore Mm. like actually think about because when you ask the question what's the difference between a bible school and a christian liberal arts school it should be um very clear right that the bible school Mm -hmm. is teaching the bible but a lot of bible schools look like christian liberal arts schools just based on their crediting, they might have 30 units instead of 12 instead or of 12, 15. Yeah. But like to have a Bible school, I mean, first of all, even the way they design it, your Bible school has to have general education credits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for ABHE because even with our course curriculum, they've allowed us to get pretty creative about how we integrate yeah, scripture do, yeah. into our general ed. That's it right. has to hit those components, yeah. but. We're putting the Bible in there, yeah. right? But like you're you're saying here, we're trying to give the the students a healthy foundation mm-hmm. to pull from in terms of text. Because in the undergrad, it's not like they're going to master it, but mm-hmm. exposure to it, mm-hmm. um, increased contact with it, is going to be really important. Now, I think I think you know Bible's mm-hmm. got to be the key yeah, difference. Yeah. But but then what's the difference between like so? What is a Christian school? Yeah, I think I think that for the most most people are going to think about it, is it has some kind of heritage or tradition that's tied to it. So there's a moral expectation. It's um, like Notre Dame, Harvard, Princeton. <laughs> is there moral expectations on my? Well, oh, I'm just saying they have a Christian tradition tied <laughs> yeah. to them. Yeah, maybe. My guess uh, is it would maybe be a little more evidenced in their culture or like their expectations on students. Like they may still have. You they'll know, like praying. Yeah, like like chapel. they'll have a chapel. No chapel. Or maybe like, you know. No co-ed dorms, like things like that. Whereas a Bible school, I think it's more curricular. Like you are here to learn the Bible. Right. Whereas Christian school, you may expect, okay, if I go here, I'm going to be around Christians. But with the statistics, you know, that are circulating, such as the 174,000 available students who could go to Mm. Christian schools and only 1.4. 1.4% is interested in like anything related to religion. And it's 1.1%. That's Bible, Bible theology. Wow. So I mean, that percentage is bleak yeah. to say yeah. it's very bleak at the best, right? Right. And uh, I mean, gosh. So you're you're trying to sustain an institution mm-hmm. with those right. demographics, right. like you're you're now having to accommodate or maybe compromise uh, what it was that perhaps was even intended by the founders of mm-hmm. the institution, especially if you call it Christian. Like mm-hmm. it's interesting. Um, how how can something be Christian I, and and not and not Bible? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know sure. what I mean. Oh, it's I know. Like, okay. yeah. how, how do you how do you how do you do that except to just highlight aspects of the culture? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's this reality. phenomenon that maybe we call it Christendom, yeah. like where Christianity has drifted away from those biblical foundations, and it has become more embedded into the culture. Right. And so it becomes these cultural expressions of Christianity that people feel like, hey, yeah, we're all Christians here, but we're really missing out on that spiritual formation that comes from being saturated in the word of God and having that foundation. Like you said, like going through a four year curriculum, you're not going to get the whole thing, but it should propel you into a lifetime of learning 
God's word, but to establish that foundation that now starts developing in that person, that filter. So when they get to that job or that in that relationship or whatever it might be, they have at least a really good starting point for seeing the world from a biblical lens, you know, and it's like we, we want to give these students all these other knowledges, but it makes me think of like the book of Hosea. And when that knowledge lacks, what happens to society? when it becomes part of just the cultural expression embedded into that structure rather than being distinctive. Yeah, I think there does need to be additional work done to say, yeah, if we're, if we're Bible schools and we're holding on to that, it's not just the faculty's responsibility to, to do this. This is administration. This is enrollment. Everybody. And we're, we're starting with the Bible for if we're going to say we're in, integrating the Bible into courses, then b- biblical integration needs to happen everywhere yeah you know like yeah. in all departments and so we can't just say well let's just find the latest trend the the thing that's working mm-hmm. right now based upon data because data is not god um you know to say let, let's move this whole thing uh there there does need to be continued integration for ministry yeah because what, with what you're talking about with the data the data is saying this is what students want uh, somebody gave in one of the seminars they gave the statistic they said just oh, it was in the enrollment mm-hmm. uh, seminar. Great, he was a great guy and great seminar. But the statistic he gave was that just five seven years ago, the number one thing that a student was looking for in going to a Christian school was a biblical worldview. Right mm-hmm. now, the number one thing they're looking for is a job. So, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and he's saying the market even like he used to be able to sell a Christian worldview because people were looking for it. Right now, you're selling job. Well, that's. Yeah. Every college, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, that, and that's what he said. It's now opened that's up right. the pool. And so, like for Bible schools, are, should should we should we have the conviction that yeah, I know you want a job, but what you need is the Bible, yeah. right? And should we promote that? And should we be um, having venues for professionals in our um, our space to be able to talk about how to make right. that happen. If we don't, we've lost our taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah speaking theologically, yeah. right? Like, what yeah. what good is salt if it's lost its taste? Right. Yeah, yeah. The, but, and that that the, the salt it, that's a distinctive, mm-hmm. right? Right, it is. And a distinctive for biblical education should be right. the Bible. Yeah. yeah. And if you lose that taste, then what good is it for to get trampled on? I mean, right. you you lose purpose. Right. Yeah. Right. But what about like the promise to make Abraham great, which was uh, something that would have appealed to anybody during that culture. Sure. But then through his travels with God, mm-hmm. he had God redefine what great right, right, means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how much can we uh, propose to students that, yes, this will lead to yeah. uh, maybe some of these basic desires that you have? Yeah, because we are working with kids, right? right. We're working with kids, and if you want to attract them, Great nation, great name, right? Is yeah. is like, yeah. I mean, that, that's a that's a big draw for a lot of kids, right? Yeah. I'm gonna be something. Right. I'm gonna be somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, this is this was also like we're we're benefiting from the many generations after Abraham, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Not, not least all the scripture we got. This guy mm-hmm. was working off of just a a call, yeah. And he was right. getting a to know or, God yeah. and figure right. out who he is. I mean, God couldn't go to Abraham and say, "I'm the God of Abraham," <laughs> right? right. 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 Like sense. this is yeah. this is just <laughs> like he's getting a new introduction. We're starting out here, we're getting yeah. to Babylon and yeah. To wash but all the, that but off. then God telling him, and that's that's why this this blessing extends to your offspring, right? And it'll be through them. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it looks like at the outset, God was ready for the 
learning curve of the family line yeah, yeah. to really get to know him and, yeah. and who he was and we're on the other side of that so maybe yeah. that tactic isn't quite as um viable now on the other side of abraham maybe right i mean at least i think it i think it works yeah i think it would still work i think if we you know big lights big drums big everything and we could woo the kids and put it on spend a lot of money get it all google added and and pushed on facebook instagram and tiktok like there's some loudness some noise that that could make them feel like i'm about to be part of something great you know update our campuses in all the millions of dollars of ways that we can but like after the revelation of right. God through the family of Abraham, we should be at a different place. Right. Like we should be right. more on the Deuteronomy six. Exactly. That's yeah. I was even thinking Deuteronomy four yeah. before we get to six on the on the way to six. Yeah. Where uh, you know we see what a great nation they are, but it's related to their obedience to God's word. They're yeah. now a biblically literate nation. Yeah. That a watching world can now look at yeah. for direction. Yeah, I know and, that and it's it, the ch- it's two chapters before, but I don't yeah. think it comes before six because six highlights the need for the, the household, the household right. to raise the kid up yeah. in such yeah. a way right. that they know the Lord is the only Lord. Is the only Lord, right? And our I, this is where I think our like there's this dichotomy between our churches and our post secondary educational institutions, right? Right. And and this is this is probably our biggest problem, right? Right. Now. It is. I, I think right? so. Right. Because the, the the church needs to be cultivating that Deuteronomy six yeah. aspect of right. familiarity with who God is in such yeah. a way right. that they know now Deuteronomy right. four right. that they're to grow up into being the kind of yeah. people that are identified by um their knowledge of god's word yeah which so is what the text that, says one percent of kids that want to learn the bible that's not just a problem for uh educational institutions but it should be a, a church warning to the church yeah, well, says, yeah you're not doing well, well it's it's actually a grade yeah. for the <laughs> right. church you know yeah. we're going to speak in terms of, of academia yeah, you like, got one percent you you, you are flunking right, right. right. you are right. like severely in any right. grading system Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Even well, in the European. Even in the European system. I was gonna say even in law school. Okay. So, so I remember the first time I got a sixty-five. I was like, oh my gosh, I got a sixty-five on an essay. My professor's like, oh, that's a good grade. Like, oh, oh, fucking Bible. Right. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, one percent, guys. That's that's rough. Yeah. And so I I, I think, yeah. but of course. Why? Why aren't the parents making emphasis on scripture? Well, they didn't learn it either. Mm-hmm. It's like we believed that Sunday morning sermons, Sunday school, maybe, and Sunday school isn't really a thing that much anymore. No. Sunday morning sermons, Wednesday night Bible studies, Sunday night mm-hmm. extra services—that was going to give a biblical education, enough biblical education that parents would have the capacity to teach their kids in such a way that they fear the right. Lord and right. want to learn that. It didn't. It's not, it didn't work. Right. Yeah. It's not working. I mean, look at the Hebrews. Dude, even today, there's Hebrew school. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. these kids go to school and then they go to Hebrew school. Right, mm-hmm. they go to school, right. then go to school, and right. then they and they learn to read. Yeah, yeah, the Bible. The Bible. That's right. Yeah. And and we're we're just like I don't know, I don't know. Like just go 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 to youth group, play games. Right. Mm-hmm. And do something practical. And, and, and I think that you know, and then ministry's not practical, but they're saying like 
training them. What, what is a parent supposed to do word? when they were never taught? Right. I know. Right. right. Yeah, they were never taught fault. the word. It's somebody's fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we just I'm, can't. Like in the moment, it's we, hard to be like, here, there. It's bigger than Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. We, we got to do yeah. the Jesus move in John 9, right? It's not this guy's fault. Right, it's not right. his parents' fault. Let's see how the glory of God right, can right, be manifest right. out of opening people's eyes. Because we need we need our eyes opened to the reality that most of our problems that we describe in Christianity at large are related to the fact that we are characterized by a biblical illiteracy. Yeah. yeah. The the fact that the evangelical movement is happening, biblical mm-hmm. literacy. It's because they don't know the Bible well enough to answer the questions that they feel disqualify God. Mm-hmm. Right. Um the the reason why we're not having more kids going to our Bible schools, biblical literacy. Mm-hmm. The the reason why we have youth groups shutting down and attendance at church um d- diminishing with mm. with exponentiated um they, they, all all of this is a result of the fact that we have a lot of people who have a culture of christianity but they don't know god's word um, how did paul the apostle play they have a form of godliness but they deny the power right. so like I, i'm a godly person but you, you shouldn't learn the word right now you need to get yourself a good job mm-hmm. and then you'll have the stability and you can do that later. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, like, like have the form of God that is you're a good, you're a good Christian. Oh, this is a good Christian school. They don't teach the Bible, but for 12 out of your 120 hours, you give a tithe in Bible teaching at this school, but, but we love it because it's a Christian school and they're good Christian people and they're turning good Christian people out into the good Christian. Well, our good Christian world is melting. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think, you know, we are one of the younger crews here at, at the ABHE. And um, it's uh, Dr. McKinney, Larry McKinney came, uh, uh, he's come up to me several times. He's kind of like a Simpson character. He just kind of <laughs> pops out of nowhere and has these like little lines that's that awesome. he gives. <laughs> that's a good comparison. That. Really good. And um, so he, he's and he's the sweetest man, you know, and he's the former president of the ABHE and former president of colleges. And, and he knows all these stats and things. And so the, one of the things he came up to, to me with in front of another president just two days ago he comes up and he goes one of the younger presidents and the abhe are here so, so much promise that's really good and then today i was with ryan ward who's the president of montana bible college and um uh, he, he saw us two together and we're about the same age he's like look two young presidents <laughs> two young presidents this is exciting exciting things but for him at his age i mean that is super exciting yes he's seen this right pass down yeah it is super exciting but like to think that the problems that they had to face to get to where he is yeah. are anything similar to the problems that we're facing to get to where he is. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure in essence, there are some similarities, mm-hmm. but he, what is he in his seventies? Yeah. Right. So, so he grew up in an era where people were still praying at school, mm-hmm. where, where the president was, was advocating for Christian values, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's, there's a totally different yeah. Yeah. situation now right. that is not only um, available, but is marketed and yeah. paid for mm-hmm. by people with agendas. Mm-hmm. And it's it's called the news or it's called uh, Twitter or right. whatever else. That, that's yeah. maybe less Twitter these days with Elon in the yeah. helm. But you, you guys get what I'm saying. Yes. The, 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 the context is different. And... We have to believe that that while we can say Jesus is the answer, we know that the part of what the Gospels teach us 
is that if you're going to call him Lord, you're going to do what he says. Mm-hmm. And if you're yeah. going to do what he says, you're going to need to know what his words are. Right. Yeah. And yeah. not only is he the incarnate word, John 1, 14, but he's given us his word mm-hmm. and, and we can study it. And if we don't, if we don't do that, right. everything's going to fall apart. Every storm's going to hit yeah. Yeah. and everything's going to fall apart. And it won't be because like, I, I think I was talking to you, Jeff. I, I know a president. He has he has a school um, in uh, Georgia, and they have a multi billion dollar endowment. Yeah, and it's to scholarship students in their seminary, but they can't get any students. Wow! But they can't spend the money on anything else. Right. So it just sits. Mm-hmm. It's just sitting there, yeah. but they can't. No students want to do it. Yeah. Right. To me, that's such that that tells me that it's not about having the money something else is wrong that's right because when you have and he's told me you know several institutions that's the scenario where you you have the money but you don't have young people and then when you think about that too it's probably also parents Mm -hmm. right i know at our school that in the early days in particular that was one of the biggest struggles right Mm -hmm. that that parents didn't want their kids just putting all their eggs in one bible basket Mm -hmm. right It, it didn't seem like it was going to be a return on investment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It seems unwise. Well, this has been, this has been a great talk. <laughs> I feel like we got nowhere. We got absolutely nowhere in this conversation. The only thing we did was, was banter, but, but I'm, maybe something thought provoking came out of it. That's, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the, the value sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what was our ROI, Ben? That's right, Ben. I, what was this? Yeah, I think we uh, opened up the problems. <laughs> There's a lot of problems. <laughs> but I, yeah, in, in wrapping up, because we do have to go to this dinner thing, I'm getting I'm getting a look from everybody. But uh, I I think that one of the ways participants at the ABHE can help this conference go better is they've got to talk. They've got to talk. Mm-hmm. They've got to stop thinking the person in the front of the room is the expert. And, and they've, they've got to be able to ask questions, share ideas. And given a lot of the speakers will open up the door yeah. and say, yeah. any questions. But because some of them, sometimes, because they, they, you know, they're here to make a sale. Mm-hmm. They can't answer you directly because that's their living. And so they can't give you that answer. They, they need to just, you know, hang the lure out there. So you buy, and I don't think any anybody is mad at them for that. That's that's their their business. Mm-hmm. But there are, there should be resources in each of us. Like even maybe a good suggestion for the ABG is like just put us all in a room, put all the chief academic officers mm-hmm. in a room. Ain't nobody in there going to be protecting proprietary information. You know, <laughs> these are reliable, right. right. Let's just talk. Yeah. I mean, let, let's, let's solve our own problems and let hmm. like in, enhanced synergy, um, right. is, is going to be key to us. I mean, if, if that, the unity from our faith, right. Yeah. It's, it's at Ephesians 4, 13, 4, 13, until they come into a unity of faith and the knowledge of the son of God. So they become a mature right. person. Like right. as, as all of the schools, we, we are part of the body of Christ universally, of course, but also uh, like we get an associative identity with ABHE. Mm-hmm. And if we can grow in, in unity mm-hmm. through our, and, and, and that knowledge of the son of God right, right. becomes the focal yeah. point of what it is that we're doing. 
there there seems to be something now that God's going to have to do. Yeah. Mm. And that just feels better yeah. than depending on our, our devices. Right. We come yeah. But yeah, those, those, those might be some, some things I think to think great. about. Yeah. And... yeah. There's so much, there, there is a lot of resource. I mean, some of these people have been, you know, working in Bible school settings for yeah. years and years. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's the wisdom, there's the Bible background and just getting together and saying, Hey, let's talk. You know, but, about and that. I think in a lot of these rooms, though, in my experience, a lot of these rooms, you have a lot of people are drowning. Yeah, a lot of people are like, throw me a life raft, yeah. right? Yeah. Right, and g- give me the answers, and then it's like, it's like, um, they're, I don't know, like pool noodles are going out, right? Like, sure, I'm not, I'm not gonna totally drown, but this is not sustainable. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I need something else that that has an engine on it and can get yeah. me to shore. But it, it's like, I did, and, and maybe your expectations are too high for something like this. You know? I don't know. I mean, when you follow Jesus, I think that's, you know, if if, if they're going to require continue disapprovement from us, we should, we want, we want the same to happen. I think that's part of uh, what it means to follow Jesus is yeah. to do things with excellence, uh, yeah. to tell the truth in situations. And, um, you know, I, I think that every institution should have the question and we've asked it a lot. Yeah. How can we help? Yeah. And yeah. what can we do? I think that's yeah. a that's a servant spirit that we try to have. Knowing that we don't have all the answers. Yeah. Like we can't for every other school out because, there. Yeah. And I know that the leadership of the ABHE, they know we are a Bible school movement. Right. right. That is their conviction. Right. I mean, yeah. good old Dave Metters, I love his stories. Like just him out there in like rural America Bible selling. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. just trying to get the word of God in people's hands <laughs> and so awesome. doing everything he can. Like they have the, the, all these guys, Philip yeah. Dearborn, he has the, the deep conviction to make yeah. sure that people have the word of God, but they need our help too. They need yeah. all of us yeah. ABHE right. institutions to be a part of this family and this movement. Right. right. And and we've got to get Bible in our curriculums yeah. and we've got to yeah. teach our students. And that that to me is is the only way we're getting through all of these crises that everyone yeah, right. is seeing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks everybody, let's go eat yeah, some dinner. Yeah, right. Absolutely, let's do it.